listener production. Constipated scorpions and a moose crash test dummy. I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto, and this is The Science Briefing, a podcast about the science of everything. You've probably heard of the Nobel Prize, the awards recognising the greatest contributions to science. But what about the Ig Nobels? If the Nobel Prize is the grandparent of prestigious prizes in science, the Ig Nobel Prize is the funny uncle. Today, I talked to Cosmos Magazine journalist Jacinta Bowler about the kookiest award ceremony in science and who won big for 2022. Okay, Jacinta, it's the night of the Ig Nobel Prizes, also called the Ig Nobels. Take us into the room. So typically it's been a big group of scientists from around the world coming together at, well, normally Harvard University. Mm -hmm. It's like other award nights. There are different award categories. People get up on stage. There's one winner per category. But unlike, say, the Nobel Prize ceremony, there's an air of silliness in the room. Ladies and gentlemen, and well, whoever, welcome to the 32nd first annual Ig Nobel Prize Ceremony. Categories are funny takes on actual Nobel Prize categories. The ceremonies are always a doozy. In previous years, when someone wins, paper planes are pelted (laughs) at the winners from audience members. It is quite the tradition. Tonight we'll have three airplane tosses. Get your paper airplanes ready. Safety first. Launching in five, four, three, two. Okay, Jacinta, I love this, but please tell us a bit more about the awards themselves. What are they and when do they start? The Ig Nobel's awards research that first makes people laugh and then think. It's been going since 1991, and it's held by the science humor magazine, The Annals of Improbable Research. It almost always showcases research that's a bit left of field. Dr. Carl won an Ig Nobel back in 2002 for a survey on why belly button lint, so the little fluff that gets stuck in your belly button, is always blue. (laughs) And the actual prizes are handed out by people who've won actual Nobel Prizes. Each winning team or researcher is awarded a $10 trillion bill from Zimbabwe. The winners get money. Yes, money. They get $10 trillion. $10 trillion! Gosh! A Zimbabwean $10 trillion bill. Which would be amazing if it was still a currency and worth anything, which it's not. Okay, so this year the Ig Nobels were held online. Any standout moments for you from this year's ceremony? Basically the whole thing. Um, (laughs) I loved the way they handed out the $10 trillion bills because it was all online and everyone had their, you know, little like Zoom boxes to talk in. So rather than physically hand over the note, the host would slide a bill from the side of their screen as if handing it (laughs) to the recipient and then the recipient would pull it from their side of the screen. Beautiful. Um, There was also like musical performances throughout. So some of the scientists (laughs) were singing songs or like played between the segments. Do you know all the insights you know? Or is it just 
And then there's also these paper cups. So basically, instead of trophies, when the researchers found out they were winning the prizes, they had to print out multiple pieces of paper and then like create this cup that works like a trophy, I guess. And this was also given across the screen in the same way as the um, bills. The whole thing is an absolute hoot. Okay, amazing. What can you tell us about some of this year's Ig Nobel winners? Okay, so there's a bunch I want to mention. The first was the winner of the Safety Engineering Prize. Now, you can probably guess this isn't an actual Nobel Prize. Mm -hmm. This one went to a Swedish researcher for his master's thesis who created a moose crash test dummy. What? Okay. <laughs> just enter. A moose crash test dummy is what you just said to me. What does what does that mean? Yeah, I know, right? Can you imagine just it sitting behind the wheel and then crashing? It's like get a little moose head. Don't drive cars. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the problem. No, no. So the reason it exists is because it's a moose to crash into. Oh. <laughs> moose are very big road hazards in many places mm. around the world. They're big, heavy animals and they can cause an incredibly nasty collision if someone crashes into one. The number of moose or elk collisions in Sweden each year is thought to run into the thousands. Ten or more of these will result in the deaths of people inside the vehicle. Whoa. Yeah, so this researcher created a moose crash test dummy to test what the damage is to these cars. I would actually recommend physically looking at the video for this because there's a video of the moose. Um, he's bright red and the car <laughs> crashes into him and the car comes out awful. Like the car gets smashed. It's really bad. And then the moose arms are like wobbling around the place. It's it, it's absolutely diabolical. Okay, great. I love a sacrificial road moose, especially if it's not a real moose. What else was there? Yeah. So this one's a great one. Um, the next is about scorpions being constipated. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this was the biology prize. It went to a team based in Brazil and Colombia. They were looking at how constipation affects mating of scorpions. <laughs> so you know how a lizard's tail can fall off and grow back? Yeah. Well, in a similar way, scorpions can drop their tail if they need to escape a tricky predator. Oh. But these scorpions' tails don't grow back. And when they drop it, they actually lose 25% of their body mass. This includes part of their digestive tract and anus. So that's why they're constipated. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So luckily, the researchers found there was no immediate effect on their ability to move. And the scorpions can live for a couple more months, which is plenty of time to still find a mate. But in the end, they will die from constipation. Look, Jacinta, I'm not going to lie. That does not sound like a great way to go. (laughs) Yeah, I completely agree. Um, But let's keep on the poop theme. Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The Art History Prize went to a group of researchers for their paper. Now, get ready. It's titled... A Multidisciplinary Approach to Ritual Enema Scenes on Ancient Maya Pottery. (laughs) Now, this is exactly what it suggests, I guess. Jacinta, I'm really, look, I need to see some of this pottery. (laughs) What is this? So you actually, this is another one that you can Google and you can physically see it, but you have to be pretty careful about your search terms, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, the pottery is quite nice, actually, if you don't look too close and then it's just... It's the details. Yeah, devil is in the detail there. Absolutely. So there's one other prize I want to mention, and this is my personal favorite. This was the Ig Nobel Peace Prize. And this really is a winner for peace, I reckon. Um, It went to an international team of researchers who developed an algorithm that helped gossipers. Okay, I love this. 
So people who gossip decide when to tell the truth and when to lie. The researcher actually said that, you know, most of us do this stuff normally. It's not something that is going to help you in your everyday life. Mm -hmm. But what it can do is help discern when you might have been told true or false gossip. So let's say (laughs) that we have somebody called Sophie. Yes. Say that Sophie hates this person. Let's call him Jake. Oh, hates Jake. Hates Hates Jake. Jake. So when Sophie tells me, Jacinta, some information about Jake, I have to assume that the information you're telling me, I mean, Sophie is telling me, could be problematic, maybe to take with a grain of salt, that kind of thing. But if uh, Sophie and Jake are best friends, then the information that you're giving me is likely to be true. Well, unless you hate Jacinta or me in this scenario, and then there's a third level that you have to worry about as well. The whole thing is is kind of fun oh, to look into. Gossiping is complex. Yeah. So one of the researchers that I spoke to, she said she was really surprised to win the prize. She thought the research was quite dry um, and just wasn't <laughs> expecting it at all, but she was really happy to receive it. And this is one of the fun things about the Ig Nobels. It's nice to platform some science and scientists with a bit of a niche slant. It's really nice to hear you say that, Jacinta, because I think, although this is really funny, like this is proper solid science. Yeah. So I do remember seeing uh, like a few years ago, there was a paper in the Journal of Fluid Mechanics and I am a fluid mechanist by trade and Journal of Fluid Mechanics, it's like the premier journal. Like It's got the best fluid mechanics in it ever. And they were looking at ducklings in the wake of the mother. And it was all the kind of about energy and energy transfer. And it turns out that these ducks can sort of, they intrinsically know the best place to sit behind the mother. So they have to expend the least amount of energy in this wake. And I remember reading this and going like, this is insanely good science. And then it popped up in the Ig Nobels and I went, Hey, that's real science. And then I went, of course it's real science. It's just really fun science that people wouldn't normally sort of interact with. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it won the physics prize this year. And I think that's a, it's a great point. People think that it's, you know, bad science, but it's really not. What it is instead is it's fun science. It's interesting science. It's left of field science and it's all good science. And award ceremonies can sometimes be stuffy, formal affairs. So why not have some fun with a bit of research? Jacinta Bowler is a science journalist for Cosmos magazine. You can read more of Jacinta's reporting at cosmosmagazine.com, including the article this episode was based on. That article is called Gossiping for Peace, 2022 Ig Nobel Prize winners or losers. Also, if you're a fan of the show, don't forget to subscribe. You can download the Listener app to listen for free or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If that's Apple, Spotify, wherever, just search The Science Briefing and leave us a review. Let us know what you think. The Science Briefing is produced by Listener and the Royal Institution of Australia. Additional audio from the Improbable Research YouTube page. This episode was produced by Jake Morecambe. Mixing by Dave Stein. Our executive producer is Melanie Withnell. I'm Dr. Sophie Calabretto. Catch you next time. Absurd.